This is what's called Vanderpool Crossing. This is the only place on the National Forest that a road crosses Colt Creek. That's John Rohr, a wildlife biologist going on his 26th year working with the United States Forest Service. We're standing in northern Washington in the Metow Valley Ranger District, a subsection of the Okanagan-Wenatchee National Forest, nestled in the foothills of the Cascade Mountains. Flowing about 30 yards away is a small rocky stream called Goat Creek. Looking around at the thickly forested hills, you wouldn't guess that a common animal in these parts is the cow. Basically, the district is divided into allotments. Areas that are suitable for grazing are designated as grazing allotments. And then people that own livestock, they can have a permit to graze their livestock on the national forest. We have to scramble over a wooden fence to follow the path down to the water. On the other side of the barricade are a dozen tree saplings encased in tubes of chicken wire. This is all here to protect the stream from cattle. This allotment, one of the big issues was fish. So federally endangered fish. There's two basic effects that grazing has on fish. So one is habitat. So cows are in here, they're grazing, they're trampling the stream bank. So they're affecting habitat negatively. Then the other effect is if, if fish are spawning in the creek, a cow walks in there and steps on their eggs, killing them. It's taking an endangered species. The environmental impacts of grazing go beyond fish. Cattle and other livestock graze tens of millions of acres of public land all across the American West. And in most of these places, ecosystems are suffering. In New Mexico, grasslands have been denuded. In Colorado, the shoots of aspen trees are chewed off before they can reach maturity. And in Utah, hooves convert mountain springs into nothing more than patches of mud and cow patties. And all these cows plodding on public land only account for 2 to 3% of the beef produced in the United States. Conservationists around the country are working to change public lands grazing. And among them is Travis Bruner. Grazing has always been a really important issue to me, having grown up in Montana and seen some of my favorite hiking, backpacking, fishing places really severely degraded by livestock. Travis is an environmental lawyer and the former executive director of an organization that is a well-known player in the fight against public lands grazing. So although the mission statement of Western Watersheds Project doesn't have the word grazing in it, the focus of Western Watersheds Project is to reduce and eliminate livestock grazing on western public lands. Western Watersheds is an environmental advocacy group that operates primarily by suing the Forest Service and other government land managers for violating regulations. We worked in all 11 western states, and we would often be victorious in federal court under laws like the National Environmental Policy Act or the Endangered Species Act or the Federal Lands Policy and Management Act. This sounds like a solid strategy. I mean, if you win a court case and the law is on your side, then the government doesn't really have a choice but to take action against livestock grazing. During his time at Western Watersheds, Travis saw a different scenario play out. What I've found is we could put in two to three years of field work, preparation, comments, meetings with the agencies, then maybe three to five years of, of federal court litigation when you include all the different things that could happen there. And then we did win a lot more than we lost. But even when we would win a case like that in federal court, a federal judge, with, with very, very few exceptions, almost never would a federal judge provide a remedy that changes something on the ground immediately. So I really determined that this was not the right strategy 
to make change on the ground, which is what I was interested in seeing. Western Watersheds is butting heads with a core principle of the Forest Service, the multiple use mandate. It dictates that national forests must serve several purposes, including logging, recreation, wildlife habitat, and as we now know, grazing. This isn't just an aspirational target either. It's Forest Service policy to issue grazing permits for suitable areas. Think of public lands grazing as a giant tree. Western Watersheds wants to cut it down, but they're just trimming individual branches instead of dealing with the trunk. Back in the Metau, John Rohr also has to deal with the repercussions of this mandate, but on an even more personal level. You know, I'm a, I'm a wildlife biologist by training who has ended up in the last 20 years as the forest has downsized and our budgets have decreased, I've ended up being in charge of our range program instead of just our wildlife program. And so I'm not a big, not a big fan of um, grazing on national forests either, but I have to manage it. John's official title is range program manager, which essentially means that he is obligated to facilitate grazing in the Metau Valley Ranger District. However, this position also provides him with an opportunity. He can change how grazing actually happens on public land, something Travis couldn't do at Western Watersheds. When we redo an allotment management plan, I try to make it right. I try, I mean, we've closed areas, we've taken areas out of allotments that weren't suitable. We've reduced numbers. Um, I try to do as much as I can to minimize the impacts without just kicking somebody out. So that's, that's how I've chosen to do it. You don't have to look far for proof of what John has accomplished. Remember Goat Creek? John worked hard to ensure that cows won't trample the stream when the endangered fish come back to spawn. He may not be eliminating livestock's presence on the national forest, but John is certainly making a difference. So does this mean that conservationists need to either accept Forest Service policy or join the agency to change it? Not exactly. If you recall, Travis is the former executive director of Western Watersheds, because six months ago, he left the organization, hoping to change his approach to conservation. I'd rather devote my career to making things happen on the ground, moving them in the right direction on the ground, even if I can't stand back and know that I never made any compromise. Travis took a job with the Grand Canyon Trust, a conservation nonprofit that collaborates with ranchers and land managers to address environmental issues on the Colorado Plateau. My role through my position with the trust is to build consensus among all the stakeholders so we can communicate a clear position to the Forest Service so the Forest Service can say, hey, all the other parties are on board with this. We have a clear message from them. We know what they want us to do so we can get it done. Travis says that it took some time to convince people that he was no longer the big bad wolf, out to bring them to court. But now, after several months, he's working hand-in-hand hand with ranchers. Travis certainly has a lot of debate and negotiation in his future, but at the end of the day... All the parties, including the Grand Canyon Trust, are going to agree to a plan to improve things on the ground in a way that's not perfect for anybody, but it, there's going to be a decision made and things are going to happen. And I'm, I'm excited to be a part of that. Both John and Travis have found that compromise is the most effective way to conserve public land in the West. It makes sense, too, because compromise is built right into the foundation of the national forest system. The multiple use mandate means that no one use is prioritized above the others. That's the way the system is today. But the question is, how do you want it to look tomorrow? 
National Public Lands Radio, I'm Evan Ramosco-Kelly.